This morning's gospel lesson comes from Matthew. It's uh, chapter 19, verse 16 through 22. Please stand if you are able. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give them to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. The word of God for the people of God. I'm going to talk to you a little bit uh, this morning about the uh, particular passage that you heard a while ago. Uh, upon which the, the, uh, was the primary scripture used for this video uh, presentation today. You know, one of my uh, favorite stories concerns a, a young man who was working in a grocery store. A lady came in and asked for half a grapefruit. Thinking that request was rather strange, the young man, the, the clerk, uh, went back to the back of the store and said to the manager, you know, there's some nut out here who wants to buy half a grapefruit. But that, just then, as he sort of glanced over his shoulder, he could see that the uh, lady had kind of followed him back to talk to the manager. And so he quickly said, and this gracious lady right here is willing to buy the other half. I hope that's okay. Well, there was a young man who was uh, pretty quick on his feet, was he not? There was another young man who came to Jesus. He had a, a heavy question, really. A, it was a heavy question. He says, teacher, what, what good deed must I do to inherit eternal life? The Greek word that is used here, uh, that we usually translate in terms uh, of eternal, uh, really means, more accurately, does not mean lasting forever, which is what we would ordinarily think of as eternal it's rather belonging to God or characteristic of God or godly. So the real question here, the young man was asking, what must I do to live a godly or God-pleasing life? Now, you see, this young man was smart enough to know that if his life pleased God, it would also certainly be fulfilling for him as well. So Jesus did the natural thing. He said, well, you know, keep God's commands. Don't steal, don't, you know, have other gods before me and all, all the rest. And uh, and then he said something even more challenging. Well, well, of course, that man at that point said, well, I do all. I've done it from the time I was, I was little. I keep those commands. And Jesus said, that's wonderful. If you really want to live the good life, if you, then you need to get rid of anything that you love more than God and then come follow me. Really what I want to talk to you about this morning is from verse 21. Jesus said, if you would be perfect, if you would be perfect. It's wonderful that you're keeping all these commands. And uh, please don't misunderstand. Jesus was very pleased by that, I'm sure. 
He's kept all the commandments, including that one that I find more difficult, loving your neighbor as yourself. But that's that's in there. And he says he's done it. And Jesus believes him and says, that's wonderful. But if you would be perfect, then go sell what you have, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. Now, in the case of this rich young ruler, money was, in fact, his problem. Jesus could see that, could understand it. Jesus knew that this young man loved his money more than he loved God, and so he went away sorrowful, did the young man. And again, Jesus was not commanding that all of us, that you and I, get rid of all of our possessions and embrace poverty. I don't think that would make anyone happy. Nor did he mean to suggest that money in and of itself is bad. Jesus did mean that we must subject every other value and every loyalty to the high and holy privilege of being a Christian disciple. That is the key to the good life. Why should we allow Christ to be the Lord and commander of our lives? Because he died for us. He made the supreme sacrifice in order to provide the good life for you and me. Never has anyone loved us so deeply, as does Jesus. If we, out of gratitude, place our lives at his disposal, we will discover what all people want more than anything else, and that is the good life. There's a story told about a young African man who, in the early 19th century, early 1800s, was kidnapped from his home village and forced aboard a slave ship. After months of sheer terror, cramped in miserable quarters, having miserable and rotten food to drink, these soon-to-be slaves were sold on the auction block in Charleston, South Carolina. When it was his turn to be sold, uh, he was pushed up on the slave up on the auction block, but to the surprise of all those who were gathered around below, This particular slave did not hang his head in shame and humiliation, as did most of the others. Instead, he stood tall, rigidly, facing straight ahead. And the crowd murmured about that proud man standing on the block. Some of the people began to inquire of the slave trader, why is this one so different Why is this one so different? And the trader replied, This one is the son of an African king, and he cannot forget it. You and I, friends, you and I are sons and daughters of the king of kings. How easily we forget it. If our lives do not glorify Christ, then our lives are a failure. If I were to become a millionaire many times over and elected to high political office, governor of the state, president of the country, whatever, if I do not attract people seeing the spotlight thrown on Christ, then my life is not a success. If I fail to stand for the values for which Jesus and his church stands, I am not a success. If I fail to work at healing the hurts, the emotional hurts, and the needs of the people around me, 
then I am not a success. If I am not contagious with the love of God, if I am not the son and you're not the son and the daughter of Jesus Christ, then we are not a success. Jesus said, if you would be perfect, young man, get rid of anything and everything that stands in your way of following me. You know, this is the only time in our Holy Scriptures where Jesus tells someone to sell everything. The point does not seem to be that in order to follow Jesus, you have to get rid of everything. I don't know about a watchwinder, but they're having trouble getting rid of that thing. It's that Jesus, it's that Jesus was able to identify the major roadblock for this young man, the thing that was keeping him from following. He was given the opportunity of a lifetime, in essence, to become the 13th disciple. His name would be known to everyone, just like all the other disciples. But we don't know his name today, do we? Other than he was wealthy, he was rich, he was young, he was a ruler. Those things we know. But who was he? And so the offer to become the 13th disciple falls by the wayside and he walks away. You know, when United Methodist persons are ordained as clergy in our church, one of the questions we are asked is, are we moving on to perfection? Are we moving on to perfection? Then this question that follows immediately after that is, do you expect to attain it in this lifetime? When I was ordained, the bishop paused for a moment and said to all of us as we were lined up across the stage, now the answer to that question, my friends, is yes. The answer to that question is yes. But I'll ask that of you today. Are you moving on to perfection? Now, frankly, I'm going to have to be very, 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 very old in order to reach perfection. But I hope that you uh, will try and make every effort, as I hope I try and make every effort, some days a little better than others. But the goal really is for us, isn't it, for us to be a little bit better tomorrow than we are today? I think that's really what this means, a little better tomorrow than today. A little more patient, perhaps. A little more kind, a little more tolerant, a little more forgiving, a little more generous, a little more loving, and the list goes on and on. And so the point of the video today as we go through this series of ascertaining what it means to love generously, uh, is to help us look through our own lives and decide what it is that clutters the space there. What is it that gets in our way of being better disciples? What is it that gets in our way of being a little more perfect? You and I each need to decide that. And each day, work a little harder, be just a little bit more diligent as we move on to perfection. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, we come to you today, uh, not unlike the Donovans. We're good people. The rich young ruler was a good man. And yet there are still things in our lives that uh, impede us from being not quite the people you created us to be. 
We have room for growth. We have room to move forward. And we, we understand that like the Donovans, when they take principles uh, and values under to heart and accept into their lives people from a soup kitchen, people who are so much different with backgrounds so much different than their own, that those people in their own social strata might take some offense, and yet they stand firm. And we would pray this day that you'd help us stand firm, that you remind us that we are the sons and daughters of the King of Kings. Help us live our lives knowing that and living such a way that others will see that in us. In Jesus' name, amen.